Father God, what a privilege, and I sure mean it, to get to be here and for you to have brought Gail into our team and Pam and Tori so that we could do this. And Lord God, it is so amazing that we get to talk about you and to find you invading our hearts and our minds, hopefully more and more each week. And so, Father God, please enter in, and we can't wait to see where you take us. And we're going to thank you in advance in Jesus' most wonderful name. Amen. Okay, uh, I'd like to start out today, which will happen every week. Um, there are some things that just always happen, and one of them is always going to be that we're going to start with review. Uh, we review a lot. I teach something, I review, and then I review, and review, and I review, and it's because these concepts are all so incredibly important, and there's not a million of them, but each one of them is incredibly important, and we're gonna need to know them. So uh, let's start out with this whole concept of paradigms, and we always hear words like paradigm shift. Well, that's what we're talking about here, are we not? When we are thinking in terms of a paradigm, in reality, for the purposes of this group, we're talking about everything that the world hands us about our worldview, uh, the way that I see life. It's impacted by the way my parents did their raising of us, the way their parents did their raising of them, and the way they reacted to it with their own particular temperaments, which we're going to talk about more today. And, um, what I've watched on TV, what I've allowed into my mind. And maybe we never even thought about the fact that it really makes a difference what I allow into my mind or don't. And up to this point, I would presume that anything has happened to your minds. And we're going to be working on developing an entirely different way of looking at our lives and our marriages. And I mean entirely different. Frankly, in my mind, the way that, um, that the world gives us the soup of thinking is exactly the opposite of everything that God's calling us to be. Frankly, it's as simple as that, which is pretty catastrophic when you think about it. So I want you to be aware that this is catastrophic stuff but I also want you to be aware that there is nothing in your entire life other than finally letting Jesus Christ come into your life that will be more earth-shaking and more life-changing in a shocking way than us being willing to allow ourselves to embrace this whole new paradigm. It is huge. Now, the other thing is, this is going to be a tremendously big intentional work on your part. If you are, that word intentionality, I can't emphasize it enough. If I stick with this, with all of my intentionality, God will do big things in my life and in your life, guaranteed, guaranteed. But if you're flim flam about it, you know, God can sniff out a flim flammer quicker than anyone else. And it's like, no, I'm not gonna work in that person's life. Why would I do that? Because all he wants from us is to desire deeply 
what he wants to give us. That's all it takes. And then to keep going there, going there, going there, like a junkyard dog with a bone. Okay, that is where we want to be. Now, remember last week I told you about how desperate I was for God's help in my marriage that last night. And I made a deal with God. And I just wanted to remind you about that deal. And don't forget, girls, that you can always take notes on your note page in case you haven't already. But the deal is, I said, in great desperation, I'll tell you what, Lord, I'll go over my new notes every morning, but I must, must have you give me an eye so that I can even see where I need to be the new behavior. Because girls, this is new, right? And then I promised that I would exert my will to do the new behavior and then I promised that I would, uh, then I asked that the Holy Spirit please enable me because I could not do it on my own. And it was an unbeatable deal, absolutely unbeatable. And I've used it throughout my life ever since. Now I want to read to you um, <clears throat> this cute little uh, truth. It's really the truth. And it goes like this, God looked all over the world for Stan is my current husband. You can fill in the blank with each of your husbands, okay? For his wife, God looked all over the world for you and for me because he was gonna be giving you a broken man who was damaged and incomplete. In other words, incredibly human. And also a man who has not been given the luxury of having a wife who knew how to be God's woman in, his in her marriage. And so he said, I love this man so much and I have so much for him <clears throat> that I need a wife with my purposes in mind and plan for him. And I choose you, me, you. Now I'm asking you to partner with me, God, in making him all God intends him to be. My part? Do the wife, <clears throat> do the wife things that God tells me the next 10 weeks. And don't improvise, okay? God's part, all the rest. I love this little thing because it's really the truth. Whoever thinks this way? Here we start. Already, here it begins. Who thinks this way? But this is the reality that God wants to give us. Right there. And he says, let me do the work. You do the part I give you with my help. <clears throat> and pay diligently, careful attention to that. Um, remember the page that you had on God's promises. Did you like those promises? I love those promises. I mean, that's God promising me. And, you know, I immediately thought as I looked over it, what were my two most favorite verses? And for me, the two most favorite verses were Jeremiah 29, 11, where it says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. 
whoa, that's just incredible. And the other one I love is from Isaiah where it says, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ear will hear a voice behind it saying, this is the way, walk in it. And I have to tell you, I reflect on that verse every day because it just so fills me oh, to know that he's going to direct me to the right or to the left, whatever I'm doing, and I can relax. You know, um, in Matthew 11:28 28 and 29 in the message, the tail end of it says, keep company with me, being yoked with me, and I'm going to be the alpha in the yoke, and you will learn how to live freely and lightly. That's outrageous. Is that crazy? But I got to tell you, I get to live it, and so do you. And it's all in us believing the promises that he gives us in his word. So that promises page, please go back and reflect on it often. I mean, you may not need it as much as I do, but I need it every day. I have an important time every morning alone with the Lord when I get reset, rebooted with these incredible truths, and then I can face today. And I find that, that I'm not unique that way. Most of us, if not all of us, need to be reset and reboot every morning. And the other thing was the attribute sheets. <clears throat> I hope that you reflected on them, a few of them a day, over the past week. Was there one that might have drawn you more than the others? Is that possible? But might that have been the case? And would you be willing to share it? I know you're not used to talking yet. It's going to come, though. You wait. I so love God's mercy. OK. Mercy does it for you. You know, all of them do. And I think I go from one to another at different times. But I love that I don't get what I deserve. I love that I don't get what I do deserve. I get his love, not because I deserve it. So they kind of all mash up together. It's true. Anyone here okay with the fact that he has mercy towards us? Huh? <laughs> okay, I need to hear a little huh. In terms of love, what I'm devoted to and delight in is what I love. And so when I flip it around and think about God's, God's devotion to me mm. and his delight in me, if you put that into his love that he, when he said, you know, I am the righteousness of God in Christ because of the substitutionary work that Christ did for me. Christ, I am righteous through him. So when God looks at his son and says, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased, he looks at me with the same delight and the same devotion and said, this is my daughter in whom I'm well pleased, no matter how bad I messed up that day. Isn't it amazing? So the love just, you know. Oh my goodness, it's, it's just amazing. And I don't get it, but I'm so grateful for his love for me, even in the midst of being me. I'm so grateful for it. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I just, I love that the, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And again, thinking of how he finds delight in me, 
you know, having a new little baby granddaughter, it's like you just find this huge delight in she doesn't have to do anything or prove anything, but it's amazing the interaction. And she never will. I mean, I just, just, you know, we were just delighting in her and her just buoyant, joyful spirit that, that came out. And I think if we can just trust God's love and joy in us, we don't have to go around going, I'm trying really hard to yeah. do everything right. Yeah. We get to go around going, God loves me. And that's what's winsome. That's what draws other people to the Lord. It's not this, okay, he's told me how I should do everything. It's right. Like, he is, he loves me. Yeah. And you know, any sense of condemnation or shame, that's all Satan's realm. There is none of that in God's realm. His love is so incredible. And I don't think I'll ever understand it till I get to heaven, frankly. But I'm so grateful for it. The other thing that we talked about, and this is about the engine and the caboose. And the whole concept of this, which is really, really significant, is that wherever my mindset goes, however strong it is, that is where my emotions will ultimately follow. And it's not like it's gonna happen immediately. Wherever your, your mindset goes, what I choose to dwell on, that's what we're talking about, what I choose to dwell on is my mindset. And my emotions will eventually follow. Now, we're gonna have a big lesson on this later this morning when we look at Philippians 4.8, which we call the mental health uh, verse where it says, whatever is good, fine, excellent, praiseworthy, and then it gives more adjectives, and I can't remember them all. But God then specifically says to us, commands us to think about those things. And the reality is, when we allow ourselves to go to negative places, and notice what I just said, when I allow myself to go to negative places, then I go downhill quickly. As a matter of fact, Dr. Daniel Amen, who's an incredible um, Christian psychiatrist, he says that if you look at the entire spectrum of emotional issues, starting with depression and anxiety and ending with schizophrenia, so everything in between, 50% of your symptoms can be alleviated by this, Philippians 4.8, and, it's, and he's saying, here is proof that the God of the universe is telling us, here's how you can have excellent mental health by dwelling on what is good, fine, and excellent and making that what you dwell on. And when I start to go to negative places, my job is to say, stop. What's good, fine, and excellent here? And then your emotions will follow. And in my case, when we're gonna be learning about our husband's good points list today. Remember the 26 things I hated about Ed? When I stopped allowing myself to dwell on those 26 things, and I started to dwell on his good points, I fell madly in love with him. How is that possible? <laughs> but it is because it's the truth, and the reality is whether we are sitting here right now in a religious setting, or if we were in a secular setting, it would be the same truth, absolute same truth. Okay, uh, the last thing that we reviewed, we did so much last week, um, is this whole concept of trusting God. 
And how in the world can you trust God, realizing that you can't trust a God that you don't know? And so a major part of what is gonna be important for us in this, this whole study is gonna be getting to know who God is so that we can trust him. And until that comes, you're not gonna be able to trust him. So hang with us, spend time in those attributes. They're very valuable and watch to see how you're gonna find it easier and easier to do the most difficult thing in life, which is for a woman to trust God with the deepest needs of her heart. Whoa, that's the big time girls. And that's what we're gonna be going to and our goal is for you to get to that place. Okay, now you girls are familiar with, well maybe some of you are familiar with having a need to ever go on a diet or an exercise program. If you're like my husband, you've never had that need, but I have always had that need to be careful, to watch out, to go on an exercise program, to, to watch my weight, my health. Um, and you know what's involved with that. And by the way, you may or may not know how successful you may have been. And what you had to do and the plan you had to put together. Well, we're going to be um, doing that with our marriage. We're gonna be evaluating where we are in our attitudes, feelings, circumstances, in our marriages. And then we're going to be working on learning how to clean out the good, bad, and the ugly that might be there for you. It was definitely there for me. And we want to get rid of the way that we have been mired in our old ways of thinking and acting. And if you're anything like me, there were plenty of them. And what we're gonna learn here, you can use for the rest of your life. And if you don't, you're gonna get what you get. And I have needed to all the time. So right now, I'd like to get you to go into your uh, handouts and turn to the Taking Your Temperature page. And I'd like you to take the next five minutes to answer those questions just for you. You're not going to ever talk about them with anyone else. Uh, the last thing I would like to say to you is, you know, if you don't know what a baby needs, how can you care for him properly or her properly? grandbabies included. Grandmothers really know stuff by then. Uh, but at any rate, how can you know? And how many of you remember or are in the process of remembering the learning curve that you're going through as you get to know what your child needs, which will be the process of the rest of your life? Even when you have, like me, a 37-year-old daughter and a 40-year-old son, um, by the same token, <laughs> right, by the same token, if I don't understand who my husband is, how he's wired, how God made him, then I can't properly be his wife. And boy, are we gonna get into that in all kinds of different ways. But in, the, in this exact moment, I'm gonna stop so that Pam can take a moment. <laughs> 